Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It is indeed another edition of the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review where you get podcasts on your smartphone device. We are under the umbrella of the Believe Podcast Network and brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Liverpool Physical Therapy, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and our terrific friends at Burn Dairy, the chocolate milk, the donuts, all of the uh, other cold and hot food. They've got a bunch of great beverages there. Uh, You can stop in for all your grocery needs. Burn Dairy in and around Central New York. Stop on by in a brand new location open on Morgan Road in Liverpool as well. This entire podcast is going to be dedicated to college football delivering in 2021 and especially during Rivalry Week. And I'm pretty much going to highlight all the big games, tell you who my college football playoff top four is right now. And, um, you know, just kind of go around the game a little bit. Uh, but, but the rivalry weekend was, was unbelievable. Uh, it, it delivered just like college football has um, all season long. Remember, this was the anticipated season, right? Because we didn't have fans last year. Some leagues elected not to play. Some teams were delayed because their conferences delayed them, right? You had inner workings and fighting and all this sort of thing. 2020 was kind of a mess in that regard. Fast forward to 2021, fans are back, full schedules, packed stadiums, etc. And off we go with college football. And it's just, it's really, really delivered. And I'm thrilled about it. And no weekend did it deliver more. We've had a lot of good weekends. But no weekend did it deliver more then in week 13, rivalry weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, and all the rest. This is truly one of the great weekends in weeks in general in sports, and it's arguably the best weekend in college football. You have feast week in college basketball. You've got all of the, all of the college football rivalry games. You've got NHL and NBA, if you're into that, and NFL games galore as we pump towards the postseason. You've got college hockey. I mean, it's an unbelievable week and incredible amounts of competition. Um, You know, just kind of going around the board here, um, you know, going, looking back at Thanksgiving, you know, that Egg Bowl was was a pretty good game. Uh, 31-21 was the final Ole Miss beat Mississippi State. And again, in rivalry games, the records really, you know, what do they say? Throw it out the window, right? I thought Matt Corral was really, really good in this game when he had to be. Um, you know, he had uh, a running touchdown uh, in this game as well as 
279 total yards of offense, uh, threw for a TD, threw a pick, but he, I thought, was pretty good in this game. Um, and, and Ole Miss is, is a solid football team this year, man. That's their 10th win of the year. Yeah, that's pretty darn good in the SEC. I mean, that's, you know, when you got to deal with all these teams, you got to play a rivalry game every year on Egg Bowl, on Thanksgiving in the Egg Bowl. You win 10 games at Ole Miss, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Cincinnati continues to keep its playoff hopes alive. They drub East Carolina. Man, are there some playmakers on the Cincinnati Bearcats? Good grief! They go to eight and zero in conference, and they go to twelve and zero overall. Um, just a very, very impressive um, game for Cincinnati and, and a team that I think um, really, I think Cincinnati could go toe to toe. In the college football playoff, uh, with anybody, I, I've actually gotten convinced of that. Uh, it took me a while. It took me all year. Uh, it took me. There were a couple of moments where I was like, "Okay, how good is this team going to be in 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 the in, in the AAC? Right? Like, how how good are they going to be in the American? You're playing, you know, Tulane, Navy, Tulsa, SMU. Well, they beat." Notre Dame on the road. Um, Indiana, we didn't know was going to be this bad in week three, but they beat them double digits before we knew. And, you know, Houston, they play, a, that's a top 25 team too on, uh, on on Saturday this weekend. So they've proved a couple different times I mean, by, by wiping the slate in conference uh, and not having let down games really and winning at Notre Dame, right? Um, they've, they've, they've shown me something here. Maybe toe to toe. That's not the right words with Georgia. Maybe if they get the fourth spot, they play Georgia. Maybe they can't go toe to toe with Georgia, but I think they can go toe to toe with a lot of other teams. I think they go toe to toe with the majority of teams. I mean, I think they're that good. The playmakers are unbelievable. I mean, Desmond Ritter is so hard to catch, so hard to track down. He's got an even 3,000 yards on the season as I record this. The senior from Louisville, uh, 27 touchdowns uh, on the season through the air. Um, he's also a major threat on the ground. He has 342 yards rushing uh, and six touchdowns. So he's produced like crazy. This Jerome Ford kid can run the football. They got a host of receivers uh, who are super fast and, 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 and agile and have great hands. Uh, Cincinnati, man, they have been really impressive. I, I really hope that they get into the college football playoff just for a kind of a new flavor of ice cream here. I'll get to my top four as of, as of right now, Iowa wins against Nebraska on the road and they get into the big 10 championship game because Minnesota beat Wisconsin. I mean, that's something that I think a lot of people did not expect to happen, but Minnesota took out the Badgers 23 to 13 it's just a horrific, horrific loss for Wisconsin. You lose that huge payday by being in the Big Ten championship game. You lose by 60 in a conference championship game. You still get all that TV money. Um, and so Iowa here, again, here is Iowa. Isn't it unbelievable? Every year, this team, top 20, top 25, in this case, well, they'll be probably um, – 
I'm recording. Uh, yeah, top fifth, top fifteen team, even in in, in some cases. Um, but it's every year. They win big games at home. They win big games on the road. They win in conference. They win out of conference. They can play in all the elements. They're well coached. And here they are again, double digit wins. Aren't there a lot of programs that would die to be Iowa? I think so. Utah crushed Colorado 28-13. No surprise there. I, I don't really know a lot about either of those teams. NC State beat North Carolina 34-30. They had a classic comeback, two touchdowns in 26 seconds in this game. Um, and, you know, North Carolina, you know, finishes at 500. And it's just a really, really disappointing year for Sam Howell and the Tar Heels and Mac Brown, because I think a lot of people expected this team to compete for an ACC championship, especially going into the season, knowing that Clemson was going to be down. Um, San Diego state keeps the good times are rolling. They pound Boise uh, state uh, 27 to 16, San Diego state, number 21 of the country. They should go to a solid bowl. Um, at least right. Arkansas beats up on Missouri 34, 17. And Hey, you're playing in the sec. <laughs> You know, I mean, the, you know, you go eight and four and you're Arkansas. I, I don't think that's a bad year. I, you know, their fans may, 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 may disagree. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think eight and four, if you're Arkansas, you got to go through the gauntlet of the SEC, right? I mean, I, I think that's, I think it's pretty good. I, I do. I mean, you go eight and four at Arkansas, you're doing some things, you know, you really are. I mean, how many teams have to deal with, you know, number seven, Texas, number 15, Texas, second game of the year out of conference, but then in conference, and we know Texas is garbage now, but Texas A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss, I mean, that's number seven, number two, number 17 in the country. Then you play Mississippi State, number 17 in the country, number two, Alabama, and they hung with them, right? It was only a touchdown game. When you play all of those teams, you play that schedule, you go eight and four. I don't know, man. I, I, I take that if I'm an Arkansas fan. They got blown out by Georgia. They lost by one to Ole Miss. They lost by uh, 15 to Auburn. Auburn's pretty good, you know. And uh, they beat Mississippi State 31-28, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, if, I'm, if I'm Arkansas and I'm 8-4 with the climate and how difficult the SEC is, uh, I sign up all day long if I'm an Arkansas fan for that. You know, a lot of the Southern football fans, they demand more. Um, you know, they, they, they definitely want a heck of a lot. Um, they, they, they want a heck of a lot more than what the record says, right? But, like, it's not – a lot of times it's just not realistic, you know? It's really not. So those are the Thursday-Friday games. Um, the weekend hit and it was just, I mean, a spectacular, spectacular day of college football on Saturday. I mean, the atmosphere – Ohio State, Michigan, that rivalry. You know, I don't know where I put it in the rivalry rankings. Uh, I still have Army Navy way up there for obvious reasons. I know it's not 1950 anymore, but still, uh, it's a great, great rivalry. And, uh, you know, what it's meant and the history of it and all the rest. I probably would put Army Navy up there. I, I, I'm not going to rank them now, but I think Michigan, Ohio State, Army Navy, and like Auburn, Alabama are probably like the top three for me. I, I'd have to really break it down. Uh, if I were to rank them, but um, just a sensational atmosphere. Michigan is now 11-1. and one. They are a true national championship contender. 
We needed to see them do this. Uh, they hadn't beaten Ohio State in forever. I think they had lost 15 of the last 16 against Ohio State uh, and hadn't beaten them since 2011, if I have that right. I mean, that is, that's absurd. Uh, and the two best players for Michigan, one on offense, one on defense, dominated Ohio State. To me, this game was about two things. That and Michigan at the line physically punishing Ohio State. On both sides of the ball, the Michigan offensive line ran, ran ramshot over the defensive line, and the defense of Michigan pressured and, 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 and slowed down the running game. They slowed down C.J. Stroud a little bit. I mean, he still had 394 yards, you know, but he threw it 49 times. He had two touchdowns, but he didn't have a 450, 500-yard game, five-touchdown game. He didn't have that. Um, he's had it before many times this year. You know, and, uh, you know, when you take a look at, well, the rushing yards in college football are hard because quarterback sacks are, are, are taken into it. Uh, so they only ran the ball 64 yards. But, again, C.J. Stroud lost 30 in terms of, uh, you know, the, the carries for loss and sacks for loss and all that. That's that's kind of one thing in college football that's tough to kind of evaluate. But Michigan, Michigan physically beat them down, and their two best players, okay, um, Hassan Haskins, the running back, was unbelievable in this game. 28 carries for 169 yards, 6 yards a carry on average, and 5 touchdowns. Um, and, and I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Michigan's game, because they can <clears throat> run it and physically impose you, and they play great defense, that travels. That goes up against any team, any system, any coach, anything. And that's another reason why they're a major, major threat. The other side of the football, I'm not sure there's been a better defensive performance in the entire country all year than Aiden Hutchinson. Remember, for weeks on upon weeks upon weeks, it was Kayvon Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, Thibodeau of, uh, of Oregon, right? Kayvon Thibodeau. And... You know, the five-star player in the Pac-12, uh, it was almost like, oh, maybe because it's a weak quarterback class and whatever the case may be, he'll be, you know, the top pick or he'll be in the top three, or, and he still might be. Um, but you might want to make some room and, and a lot of it, you know. You might want to make a lot of room for this Aiden Hutchinson because he was a menace out there. Seven total tackles, five were solo, but here's the number. Three sacks. He was everywhere stomping on Ohio State. And Michigan, unbelievable win. I'm actually really happy for Jim Harbaugh. It's crazy because, you know, for years it was he can't beat Michigan State, he can't beat Ohio, he can't beat Ohio State. And I was kind of torn on the Harbaugh stuff. On the one hand, I'm kind of going, man, he can't win the big game. So, geez, is he even worth But then the other side of it is, how many teams beat Ohio State? <laughs> you know? How many teams have really beaten Ohio State the last 12 years? I mean, how many losses? I, I, I'm not, you know, going to go schedule for schedule year to year. But, like, how many games has Ohio State really lost in the last 11 years? Right? Let's say. I mean, honestly. 14? 15? 16-ish? Maybe less. You know, I, I mean, I'd have to obviously go through it. But 
A lot of people can't beat Ohio State. Right? And Michigan State's been a pretty solid program. It's a rivalry game, but that, you know, comes around a little bit. And frankly, I don't even give a rip about the last 11 years or whatever. Um, I, I, I'm talking now here about Harbaugh, so I don't know why I said 10, 11 years. He's been the head coach at Michigan since 2015. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and then 2021 regular season is done. The last seven years. How many teams have beaten you know, Ohio State? I guess we could probably figure that out right now as I click on the thing. So, you know, since 2015, really. You know, how many, how many times has Ohio State really lost? You know, 2015, they lost once. That was the Fiesta Bowl year they beat, Ohio, uh, they beat uh, Notre Dame. The one loss was a three-point loss to Michigan State. That's it. That's one loss. 2016, you know, Harbaugh's second year. Ohio State loses twice. Penn State and then Clemson in the college football playoff. There's two losses, okay? All right, that's two plus the one's three. Okay, three plus 2017. Two more games. That's five total. They lost to Iowa on the road, got killed. Lost week two to Oklahoma. Still went to the Cotton Bowl, beat USC. USC, a top 10 team in the country. Five losses. 2017, let's go to 2018. Ohio State loses one time. They win the Rose Bowl against Washington, top 10 team. They lose one time, that's six total losses. That year they beat TCU, top 15 team, top 10 team in Penn State. They beat them, you know, beat Michigan State on the road, top 20 team, beat Michigan by 23 at home, number four in the country, beat Northwestern, number 21 in the country, number nine, Washington. One, two, three, four, five, six ranked teams. Half the schedule Ohio State beat was ranked. (laughs) So that's six losses. 2019, we go right through. They lost the national, uh, the, the college football playoff semifinal to Clemson. They won every other game. One, two, three, four, five teams were ranked. Beat them all. Undefeated regular season. 13-0. Lost in the playoff. Such is life. One year in the Clemson, Alabama era, right? 2020. So that's seven losses, right? And think about how many of these losses are in the college football playoff, right? Obviously, a, a, a chunk. 2020, shortened season. They go undefeated in the Big Ten, 6-0. and Beat ranked Penn State, ranked Indiana, ranked Northwestern. They go to the college football playoff. They beat Clemson. <laughs> Let me repeat that. They beat Clemson. And then they got steamrolled by Alabama. Okay? Pretty good. That's what I'm getting at. You total up all those wins. Pretty good. And so how many teams really have beaten Ohio State during the Jim Harbaugh era in college football? Really? Not tons. So eventually it was going to turn. Something was going to happen, and it did, and I'm really happy for Michigan. Again, those two guys on Michigan, man, their best players came through. Um, Haskins was absolutely, positively unbelievable on the ground. He is a delight to watch around the football. He's just so shifty, so controlled. And uh, and Aiden Hutchinson, I you know that's a top five NFL pick right there. I mean that's all there is to it. So good for Michigan. 
They go to Indy to play Iowa in the Big Ten title game. Michigan is a major, major, major national championship contender. The Iron Bowl was spectacular. Um, 24-22, Bama beats Auburn. Just an amazing football game. Um, and Auburn, you know what? You, you, you had them. <laughs> you had them. You know, 10 nothing fourth quarter late. I mean, you, you, had, you had Alabama down. You did. And then you let them squeak back in. You know, they get the field goal. They get the ball back. And you could just see it in front of your eyes. Nick Saban, Alabama, they just always figure it out, don't they? I mean, they really do. And in the fourth quarter, down, I mean, they're at the three-yard line. And you're going... What are you made of? And Bryce Young, the cojones, 12 plays, 97 yards in 111. They march straight down the field, tie the game, go to overtime, uh, exchange touchdowns in the first. They exchange field goals in the second. They, uh, in the third overtime, um, they exchanged two-point conversions, which is just absurd. I mean, the overtime rules are just are just insane. Why? Just kick the ball off. Just kick it off. The two-point conversion thing is actually, that, that adds a little bit of a wrinkle to it. But why not? And then, of course, a two-point, it's two-point from there, I guess. And then in the fourth overtime, uh, Alabama was able to execute, uh, and Auburn was not. Uh, the Bryce Young pass complete to John Mechie for the two-pointer, 24-22 to Alabama. Alabama beats Auburn, and, you know, the overtime is weird. I, I almost would say, you know, why not either just kick it to the other team and, you know, each team gets possession, whatever, you keep going that way, uh, or, you know, keep the first overtime the way it is, and then maybe you go right to the two-point conversion. Because at that point, you're shortening up the game. Uh, I mean, this game was super, super long. You're not going into um, – you know, that territory, and it's almost like a shootout penalty kick type of situation where you know, all, all hands on deck, pressurized situation. Uh, I, I, I think that I would, I would like to see that a little more, you know. Um, but neither here nor there. It was a hell of a game. It was super exciting. And by the way, the, adver the adversity that Alabama fought early in this game, I don't think can be understated. I mean, when you think about Jamison Williams, I don't know who their best receiver is, if it's John Mechie or Jamison Williams. I really don't. But in this game, uh, Jamison Williams got tossed. You know, he got nailed for targeting. And I thought it was um, – I, I don't like throwing the kid out the entire rest of the game. I don't like that. Look, helmet to helmet, keeping players safe, all that, I'm all for it. Targeting, again, no play sport in the game. But when you do it, Penalize the kid, right? Penalize him. Take away a you know a, a down if you if you want to even add that to it, and then leave it, right? I mean that's that's enough, isn't it? That's enough. I, I don't think he needs to be kicked out the entire game, but that's exactly what happened. And Alabama was missing people, left and right, including Jamison Williams and John Mechie stepped up. 13 catches, 150 yards, great two-point convert. I mean, that play 
is impossible to defend, where Mechie gave like the, the kind of the double juke inside back to the outside. It was awesome. What a play. And Bryce Young, you know, right now, I, I don't know, man. I'd probably have to say that he's the front runner for the Heisman. I think the way he played against Auburn, I know he threw a pick, but he had two touchdowns throwing. Uh, he had 23 on the ground, 317 yards through the air for a total of uh, 340. Uh, he's special. He's really, really good. And I think because of C.J. Stroud and how he played against Michigan, I think I would put Bryce Young right there at number one for the Heisman Trophy. Um, just a phenomenal year. Great playing against Auburn. Clutch, 97-yard drive at the end. I mean, those are things, those are Heisman moments, man. You know, they really are. Uh, just a couple of quick thoughts on some of the other games. I mean, Notre Dame crushed Stanford um, as they should have. Stanford, I don't know what's going on there with David Shaw, but boy, are they awful. Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma, an unbelievable um, announcement that took place uh, over the weekend. Uh, I think it was either late. It must have been late. It must have been Sunday. Um, just mind-boggling how... Um, Oklahoma, I, I just didn't see it coming. Lincoln Riley, you know, he was asked questions about LSU, this and that, and then all of a sudden you wake, you, you turn your, you know, you look back at your phone, he's going to USC. Uh, that's a huge home run hire for USC. I did, again, I did not see it coming. Um, there's some California kids on the Oklahoma roster. The transfer portal could play a huge role in here. How many kids will Lincoln Riley take with him to USC? Uh, how many recruits now flip? Uh, it's going to be layered, and I think he's going to build USC right back. I do. I think USC is going to be, you know, within two, three years, I think we're going to be talking about them as like a 10-11 win team. Uh, and the path is a lot easier in the Pac-12, right? I mean, let's be honest. Out West, it's not the SEC where you have to go through Alabama. You have to go through Georgia. You know, you don't have to go through Clemson in, in the normal times here. Um, you know, you don't have to do that. You go through a Pac-12 that's way, way down, Arizona State, Arizona, right, Cal, uh, there's just not a lot there. Uh, UCLA, uh, they could get back and they could roll easily. You're going to book some teams in the out-of-conference schedule. I mean, this was a huge hire for USC. I did not see it coming. I really didn't. Oklahoma State, meanwhile, played a pretty good game against Riley Sooners, you know, before he was taking the job uh, at USC. Uh, they played a pretty pretty solid game, uh, made a lot of plays in the end, and had 13 points in the fourth quarter in that little mini comeback form. So pretty good job by them. Baylor? Has been a quiet ten and two team this year, um, uh, a quiet top ten team, I should say, and now they're ten and two. Um, you just look and you go, you know, are they any good? And they play any defense? Well, they played some defense against Texas Tech, and uh, they win it twenty seven to twenty four. Nice win for them. Oregon beats Oregon State thirty eight to twenty nine. Oregon is probably a team I should have mentioned. You know, in the Pac twelve, they've been out recruiting USC for a long time. So they're the main team that USC will have to deal with. Um, and Oregon obviously had a huge win, I mean, against Ohio State at the horseshoe. Uh, for weeks on end, it was probably the best win in college football. Um, Oregon uh, improves to 10-2 and two, uh, in that game. And, uh, you know, you can't say enough about uh, Williams, a receiver, and Die at running back. I mean, those two guys are pretty good. They're pretty special players. Michigan State beat Penn State 30-27, to made up for a little bit of what's gone on since they beat Michigan. Um, you know, they do have two losses, but I think overall Mel Tucker, very nice year for them. 
um, you know, kind of bouncing back here and, and, and becoming a major player in the Big Ten again. BYU beat USC 35-31. to uh, Minnesota 23-13 winners over Wisconsin, as I mentioned. Uh, LSU beat Texas A&M. Wow, Jimbo Fisher. Ooh, can't lose that game there. A&M, disappointing season. They finished 8-4 this year. Um, LSU somehow climbed up to 500. Uh, number 17, Pittsburgh beat Syracuse 31-14. Syracuse had an early lead 7-0. And then, goodbye. Um, you know, Pickett was airing it out um, against a, a terrible, raw uh, Syracuse secondary. Uh, when he needed to, he didn't have an overwhelming game. He had four touchdowns, but he, you know, he threw 38 times. He only had 209 yards through the air. Um, look, the bottom line for Syracuse is it's just the same old story with Dino Babers. It's the same old collapse. They got rocked in their last three games by Louisville, by NC States, and by Pittsburgh. Um, you're talking about a team that gave up, what, 41 41 and and 31 in the last three games. I mean, that's 113 points given up in three games to end the season. It's the same crap. Uh, it's the same cliche stuff. You know, La Familia, the young men played hard. Uh, you know, bake the cake, close your eyes. All the garbage that he sold us on. And trust me, he tricked me. Um, and look, I think it's twofold. One, it's hard to win at Syracuse. It's the Northeast. The weather stinks. The area stinks. The dome is old despite renovations. All the upgrades that Syracuse made, everybody else did that 10, 15 years ago. Now they have extra, you know, they have extra funding and extra things and facilities since the time that Syracuse has waited to get theirs done to keep up with 2005, let alone 2021. Uh, Syracuse has, I think, the least, I, I believe this is right, I think they have the, the, the smallest budget among teams in the ACC because they're a private institution as well. That doesn't help. They are making a lot more money from the ACC TV money, don't get me wrong. But um, that's a factor. Um, you know, it's not, like I said, it's not 1985, 1990 anymore. You know, if you're a mobile option quarterback, um, you know, you're Don McPherson, you go to Syracuse, and all of a sudden you can get Marvin Graves, and Donovan McNabb comes. I, I, I just don't... <laughs> You, you can't get a player like that at Syracuse anymore. You just can't. You know, the NFL pipeline is long gone. And so it, it's really hard to win at Syracuse, sure. But by the same token, I mean, the ACC is really, really down. And Syracuse's non-con schedule was very favorable. You know, you got to beat Rutgers. I'm sorry. You know, you have to beat Rutgers. And Pittsburgh, they're only six hours away geographically. Now they play in a pro city. They have more connections in Syracuse. They played Heinz Field, the Steelers thing, blah, blah, blah. I, I get it. I get it. Playing a big market compared to Syracuse. I get it. But they're not on TV anymore in Syracuse. They play in the same conference. They're old Big East rivals. They compete for a lot of the recruiting soil. Why is Pittsburgh five wins better than Syracuse? Why? You know? Because they got a couple extra recruits. They're better coached, and they have a quarterback, and they're way better up front. Those are probably like the three, four reasons why. Um, but I just don't see any hope for Syracuse. Um, I know that they have some young guys. I, I, I mean, Sean Tucker, the running back, says he's coming back. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, the transfer portal is real. It's alive. Um, you know, will, will 
all the guys on defense come back? I don't know. Um, the secondary is young and raw, but it does have potential. Pittsburgh, meanwhile, double-digit win total for the season. They'll play for the ACC title game this weekend in Charlotte. Wake Forest pounds BC 41-10. to And again, Wake Forest, 10-win season. Like, the ACC is down because Clemson's down. Clemson had a 9-win season, right? And Wake Forest and Pitt, you know, that allowed them to get 10 wins, okay? Which should have allowed Syracuse to get 7 wins. Not asking you to beat Florida State even when they're down, Clemson when they're down, and and Wake. You know, they had, they had, you know, those games, they had a great shot against Wake and FSU, right? And they really did. But they lost them both. You know, poor clock management and all the rest. Terrible, you know. You just, you can't have that. Um, you know, go one and two in those games, right? And beat Rutgers. That's all I'm asking. One and two and beat Rutgers. You know, one and two in those three ACC games and beat Rutgers. You're seven and five. Much different. Much, much different. Uh, North Texas beat UTSA 45 to 23. Clemson pounded South Carolina 30 to nothing. And Houston, number 24 in the country, beat UConn 45 to 17. My top four right now, I got Georgia, number one. I got Michigan, number two. I got Alabama at number three. And uh, I got Oklahoma State at number four because I think Oklahoma State's wins are now with, you know, by beating Oklahoma, I think they're better clearly than Cincinnati. Um, I think they're clearly better than Notre Dame. The wins, um, and then everybody else kind of has two losses, right? Like, this thing will get really, really muddy if, I mean, Bama-Georgia SEC title game, if Alabama loses by, like, two points, right? Like, if it's inside three, and they have two losses, is there still a shot for them to get in? Absolutely there is. Um, but if Oklahoma wins and Notre Dame wins and Alabama loses by two you know, does one of those teams get in? Obviously, a lot of this has to do with money. Notre Dame, big brand, right? Um, that could be a huge one. Um, I think. Who you know, obviously Cincinnati. You know, they got to be they got to beat Houston in that last game. Um, you know, I think Cincinnati right now. I think they have a, a solid, solid chance. Only because a couple of teams have to somehow lose. They're playing Houston, the last game of the season, uh, a ranked team that could help them a little bit. Right now, I think they're just on the outside looking in, but if I'm a Bearcats fan, um, you know, the only thing that I'm really worried about is the money factor. You know, they're going to leave us out because we're a little guy and we're not going to make as much money and draw enough eyeballs, uh, as many eyeballs as uh, Oak State. And then as you go up, Notre Dame, Alabama, those kind of programs. Uh, but still a fighting chance here for Cincinnati. I have them on the outside looking in because – I just think Oklahoma State's wins are better across the board. Uh, and then I'd probably go, I think I'd probably go Cincinnati 5 because they beat Notre Dame, and then I would go Notre Dame 6. And then from there it doesn't matter because they're all two lost teams. you got Michigan State, you got Oklahoma, you got BYU, you got Oregon, Baylor. None of those teams has a prayer to get into the college football playoffs. So, uh, look, college football is delivered this year. The crowds have been amazing. The broadcasts have been amazing. You know, full stadiums changes the game uh, when you get into an atmosphere uh, like situation and, and the passion that does reside in college football. Just tremendous stuff to watch. And uh, Rivalry Weekend really, really delivered 
with a great Iron Bowl, terrific Michigan-Ohio State game, uh, and a bunch of other great things happening and storylines. Lincoln Riley going to USC. I mean, what a weekend in college football. What a weekend. ML Sports Platter here with you all over the major platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by the Al and Angus Pub, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, CNY Electrical, and our terrific friends at Welch & Company Jewelers. It's that time of year again, folks. The holidays have rolled around yet again, and you can pick up your engagement rings, your wedding rings, your watches, bracelets, batteries for your watch, and more necklaces. Shop the showcase at Welch & Company Jewelers. That's welchjewelers.com, welchjewelers.com. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Swan and Whitaker families, as well as Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. Go with Brian today advisors.massmutual.com. He'll put together a financial plan for you and your loved ones. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.